Or what he could do is he could just capitalize on his fame and offer golf lessons to people, even though he's true. who knows if he's just, golf. Just like, I got the, I got the hit balls with Stetson Bennett for an hour, <laughs> and yeah, it cost four hundred and fifty dollars. But like, you you can't put a price on that experience. <laughs> it's Stetson Bennett. Yeah, it's Stetson Bennett IV. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Will Rob Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewillrob.com. You can send us to emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. And you can get the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Podcast Center, and Stitcher. We're also on Instagram, Wheel Route Podcast. You can find us there. The DMs are open. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. I'm coming to you guys. Uh, from lovely Stewart, Florida, where we had a peach of a weekend, guys. It was beautiful. Uh, 80 degrees today. Got to take on the links. Um, little little breeze going down. Uh, really good times all around. Shout out to the new greenskeeper at the Champions Club, too. Got the place tuned up. I'm going to I'm gonna be honest. Okay. Uh, the Champions Club at Summerfield looks good. Um, the woods are still a little grabby when it comes to golf balls. Uh, still there. So, you know, they, they, they reach their little tendrils out and, and grab them. But, uh, yeah, they have been uh, working hard on those greens. And um, we are rolling pure and rolling fast. So, you know, that, that bodes well for me. Who else is here? It's my favorite. Uh, my name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, <laughs> Virginia, where things got cold today, Sunday. Um, but it's fine because we're built for seasons. We're built for change. Here in the valley um so yeah i i'm glad you had fun in your 80 degrees i had fun in my lower than 80 degrees today it it's you good. know we experienced multiple parts of the spectrum on this podcast. winter hits us all differently winter right. affects us all differently right. um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan and would like to remind everyone that tony bennett is now 14 and 0 in acc basketball openers across his virginia cavalier tenure your favorite coach could never. I don't know. Mark Byington's got a pretty decent ACC record, from what I remember. Depending on who you ask, yeah. This is this is this is the sad Florida State football fan commentary. <laughs> I love this. This is my favorite. Um, my name is Jason Craig. I am also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um. Yeah, it did. It got it got a little. It was a weird, like cold but sunny day today. I was I was out and about a decent amount. It was just a very strange look, but it wasn't frigid. The wind wasn't bad. We'll take it. Um, I'll allow it. But uh, yeah, I I tweet things at Jason Crick. Um Again, I've just, I've been on a big retweeting spree recently. Just just hammering the retweet button, letting other people's words speak for me. Just just talked out once from time to time. Right. Um, Jason, can you give us an update on the athletic, uh, Henley hoodie that you have acquired? Is that getting a lot of run in these cold temps or is that more of like a, a fall day item? Uh, 
It's it's probably when the wind blows around here, it's a little a little chilly for the for the hoodie okay. Henley. Okay. Um the hoodie Henley is very the much Hoodley, like a maybe. So what? The Hoodley? Are we the Hoodley? Going? It's possible. The Henny. We'll, the Henny. We'll, we'll workshop that. Eh, I like Hoodley. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're free um, like that. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Do you do you think? Um but yeah, the 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 that garment is probably, you know, it lives between about 45 and 65 degrees um okay that's fine i was just curious with if, some if it was getting, it's, i assume it's been getting some run though oh absolutely well it seems like it would be a staple in, in the jk in the jk lifestyle they, they immediately just, immediately went to the top of the pyramid the sales are still popping on that website so feel free if you need to dip, dip back in you know advance happy, your color your color wheel happy might need to grace himself with a christmas present or two <laughs> awesome very nice um you gentlemen drinking anything delicious this evening Yes, I am back on the Kirkland Italian waters. Ooh, love that for you. Yeah. I have a Shiner Bach. Love it. Timeless Texas beer. Celebrating the Longhorns tonight. That's right. Right. I don't have anything, but I may put in a cough drop. So that'll kind of be like drinking something. Uh, but TBD. We continue to cough, which is uh, has, has has been tough for my brand of of a non-sick person I, I don't think i'm sick but we do continue to cough from time to time so we're, we're going to monitor the situation but i think we're good to go how how long has the cough been around just just ballpark um i started coughing two wednesdays ago the day okay. before thanksgiving thanksgiving eve yes it was the night before thanksgiving <laughs> and all through the house was just looking hacking hacking um, up yeah. lungs I experienced some acute sickness more during the Thanksgiving and immediate days following Thanksgiving. And sure. I think, I think we're out of the woods. It just, you know, every now and then just leaps up and grabs you right, yeah. right in the throat. So anyhow. Okay, cool. Good to see you guys. Um, before we get started with any football, do we need to touch on any football? Hmm? Hmm? Mm. Are there any takes, any, any, anything that has been left unsaid we need to unpack? There are plenty uh, about, of takes. About the U.S. national team's um, difficult L at the hands of uh, a very capable Dutch team. They looked really good. Yeah, it was just, it was it was weird. Like, it was, I, I, I think you could make the case that our midfields outplayed them um, and connected passes better and that sort of thing. Outplayed their they, midfield. Yeah, yes, sorry. Their I midfield. think we won that position that's, group battle that, that's what but I that mean. was thank probably you. the only position group yeah. battle we thank won. you for the clarification we won the midfield battle and i think probably won the midfield battle in all four matches but i mean it was just like the clear next step is just like first of all the now the netherlands has one of if not the best center backs in the world that's helpful um but every every moment of positioning on their side was basically flawless um yeah. and then they were perfectly clinical with their probably I mean they probably had four good chances the entire match and they scored three of them and that's the difference so yep but, no yeah I mean, they're um, converted in the red area like they did they, they made <laughs> to use the a term area. our our listeners are familiar with that's right yeah I I didn't watch every U.S. game in the lead up to the World Cup or frankly I didn't watch all the games during the World Cup but I watched the last two and I like what I see, you know. I like the I like the build up play. It would appear though that the the build up play is very much designed to generate crosses and 
the U.S. does not have any sort of personnel to capitalize on that, yeah. nor does it appear that they position themselves well to capitalize on like corners to the back or crosses to the it's, back post. It's weird I know, that, I'm like, like I, I don't want to be super basic about it, but the you know it, it there is a little bit of like definition of insanity is doing the same thing a million times and and expecting different results. And it seemed like the U.S. for all their abilities to control the pace of the game in the midfield and, and build up really nicely, just continued to run their head into the wall and made zero attempt to change what they were doing. And like the team just lacks a, a like a, a goal getter. They don't yeah. have like a number nine big sort of center goal getter guy that's capable at that level of, of doing anything helpful. Um, it's makes I, you wonder I, maybe I why Mr. Mr. Pepe got left home. He, he would have been an interesting look, change of pace or, there. Jordan uh, Jordan Peacock or Pefcock, I forget his name, but literally a guy who has scored like 12 Champions League goals also got left. Um, Peacock. Peacock, thank you. Couldn't yeah, remember yeah. his name. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. We, like the entire middle third of the field, we played extremely well, better than any U.S. team has ever played at a World Cup in the midfield. And yep. then people just funneled us out. And and yeah, we were, mm. we were swinging crosses in, and it wasn't even like we weren't winning the crosses. 60% yeah. of the time there was nobody making runs and it was just like, all right, well, if you're going to let yourself get funneled out, you have to have people filling. And we just didn't. And it was very, it was very strange to see. And uh, the way that the than, Netherlands like played to me should be more how the U S should be desiring to play. Like I think um, just based on like personnel, but that, it, that implies that you're actually going to have some sort of like high caliber finisher on your team and and play them so and that you're willing to like play happen, so. connective ball through the middle of the field like you said logan right. a lot of it seemed to be like okay get it out to anthony robinson and then hope some guys end up in the box so he can try and cross it in and like our i mean best our best goal of the tournament probably was a ball up the middle that Pulisic won and then played a beautiful, not like aggressive, just a nice weighted pass to Tim Weah in the first game. Yeah, right. um, yeah it seems like we we are afraid, kind of the way some Robert and I offenses were th afraid of throwing across the middle of the field. Sure. Um, it seems like the United States leaves yeah. some goals on the table by not... Yeah. Yeah, potentially would, exploring that area more. I would make allowances for adjusting because they do have Virgil Van Dyke in the middle, and that you know that is ob yeah. objectively against, against the Netherlands. That makes sense, but like that. But we we did it in all four matches. That is yeah. a trend. Yeah, yeah. So, um, right. But you know, I think it, it's weird to say, but like you know, we did, we had the youngest team of the World Cup, we had the youngest midfield of the World Cup, like they. It was a, I, it was, I think you grade this World Cup at like a B plus. Um, and that being and said. Yeah, probably like results based, but I would have liked to see some more chances created this in general. Agree. So, um, I mean, and I, I, I do think that you, you change coaches. I think you have to, I, I think two things can be true. Like Greg Berhalter's record is borderline unimpeachable at the moment. Like he has a very good record at the head of the U.S. men's national team. And like, nobody can take that away from him. And I think he was the right coach for the moment. He was a very strong stabilizing force and definitely like gave us a style um, mm -hmm. that was consistent. He seems kind of like a cool dude, you know, like he, he yeah. seems like he'd be a fun hang. Oh yeah. yeah. He's super chill. So he, he, he played in the world cup. It was his, it was, um, he was the one I believe with the shot that 
that Germany swatted off the line back in 02 to keep us out of the semifinals. Ah, the Torsten Frings handball. Exactly. Um, I think that was him. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, everybody ignore this completely. But, like, great. I would love for him to stay part of the organization. Um, I don't think he's the coach to take us to that next level with the roster we have right now. Goose hitting is. We want goose. Love goose hitting. What is, love, he, what is he, 95 years old now? He's probably, he's, he can probably dust it off. Pushing a century mark. Um, who is, uh, I'm completely blanking on his name now, the, the Leeds coach that is American. Jesse oh. Marsh. Jesse Marsh. The, the feisty I, American uh, yeah. who likes to mix it up. Boisterous, boisterous Premier League coach, Jesse Marsh. Um, Good to see um, talent where you like to see it in the midfield. It seems like the U.S. has a, a dearth of, like, very talented midfielders. Yeah. I liked what I saw from Aronson. Always like what I see from Reyna. Pulisic, I think, kind of gets a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but is still very good and excellent and probably deserves yeah. all the run he gets. But uh, I think, you know, there's probably a different world in which Reyna is super healthy that maybe he gets to play a little bit more also, and, and maybe those three see more. I thought Dest was really good. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, that was the thing is, like, our best moves forward involved Robinson and Dest sweeping yep. up the wings and they are both i mean Robinson looks like world, he can he can he can fly he's borderline world class a little bit that. of a loose I mean, cannon but yeah Serginho Dest literally starts for Barcelona I think or he did um yeah he's good on the ball that's we love to see that ball. he's and Dutch the Tyler problem Tyler. is that the and I think um Louis van Gaal I think is his name the Dutch manager was basically like uh, yeah, we saw they were super good at attacking up the field, and so we knew we could hit them on the counter, and they never adjusted. I was like, well, yep, that's it's pretty much that simple. Well, you basically are relying on Tyler Adams to just, like, run his absolute right. guts out. Like, Which he did. Which he did. In his yeah. defense. Four he times. Yeah. Well, he did, and he made a mistake got, on the first got, goal, got, and got caught that's on all the goal pretty bad. But, yeah. All right, cool. This has been soccer. We, you know, we're we're a multi, multi-pronged multi attack here on the Wheel Route Podcast. Right. So we can, we it's can part of the lifestyle segment. Of footballs, but good to see. Um, we'll try to keep watching. Uh, some World Cup games. It's always lovely to see this. Uh, Are you gentlemen year. rooting for any remaining country in particular, or do you just hope everyone has fun? Mostly the second one. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I kind of hate the, like, anti-Lionel Messi uh, um, like, upswell that, or, I don't know, upwelling, whatever it is. So, like, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Argentina win just to kind of like F you to the world. Like, I think that would be cool. That's yeah. like a, a cool storyline yeah. for me that I would be cool to watch, but I, think, uh, I don't really like, I, I would rather not see France win. Cause they always seem to be like extremely excellent in quality throughout. And it appears that they are like also very good at just mining all of their colonies for awesome players, which, you know, it's not unlike kind of what the U S should be doing more aggressively. <laughs> we, can't but, really, we can't really throw um, stones at colonization, but um no, but, but France I, is like still getting away with it at like a ridiculous oh, yeah. level on Correct. the on yeah, in, yeah. in football. So um, I think I think Japan is probably my favorite remaining story. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Little Japan. look at Louis by the fans cleaning up the stadium. I mean, come on, guys, we get it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll tell the play-by-play uh, -play guys to properly rate that on the next broadcast. I, it's not a properly rated thing. It's just it's, it's little look at me, Louis. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> they knew the cameras um, were around. <laughs> is what yeah, I'm, I'm surprised JJ Watt wasn't there freaking picking up trash with him <laughs> and the rock <laughs> um I actually I think England is like a very fun team um they kind of like didn't play awesome today and still like I think 
So I think it was like Brian Phillips tweeted out like that was a super like the first half was like that was a super boring and lethargic first half from England that they took two breaks from to score the two best goals of the World Cup so far. Like when they when the England team like gets going, they are just yeah. really fun to watch. Um, so I'll take any of those. There's a lot of good stories left. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hope uh, hope that some young stud center forward type emerges in the next uh, yeah. handful of years. That would be good to see. Yeah, well, if Bronny James would have played soccer instead, oh God. maybe we'd Jesus. have a striker. <laughs> Listen, you you took shots at Josie for so long, but he would have made a very good target forward for some of those balls in. Oh, it would have been awesome to watch him turn and kick it over the end line every time. I would have loved that. He <laughs> yes. definitely would have scored. Come on, what are you talking about? airborne. The worst second touch in, in the history of, of football. Nobody's, of dis- nobody's disputing that. Yeah. Uh, well, but he's also very big and fairly tall and could have gotten on the end of a lot of crosses. He's yeah. so big and strong. Well, he probably would have pulled his hamstring in the first game and not played in the, the, the remaining Jesus. three also. Nobody, that's nobody the other holds, jo- The other Josie Altidore move is Nobody holds injury <laughs> grudges. Like, you you still hate Claudio Reyna. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, well, I don't, I mean, that was the bad. I mean, listen, when the chips are down, you got to make, you got to be an athlete. And guess when what? the chips are down, you just don't get hurt. Because <laughs> he exploded. The so, you know, not get hurt. Yeah. Well, guess he's not yeah. built for it. Right. I wanted his son to play. I was happy to see Gio on the squad. Oh, good. Well, everything's I've, fine. I've, I've let bygones be bygones. All right. We got to keep it moving Let's here. Move on. Um, it was college football weekend, it was championship weekend. Um, Jordan. Would you like to run us down on uh, maybe how how the picks went? Uh, it seemed to be a, a so-so performance as per usual. Sure. Uh, Jason continued his great successes. Uh, he went four and two this week. God, um, nobody has their finger on the pulse of college football like Jason. Right. So Baseball he's an, an astonishing nine and two over the last two weeks. Um, and I'm I'm sure he profited greatly. On all I did of not. that, I want to be very clear, Jason. Remember, it's all about unit allocation, right? Uh, know, speaking of unit allocation, I went three and three, which is really where the allocation is important yeah. in terms of making or breaking uh, the balance sheet. Um, Logan, you went two and four, so yeah, um, I'm a little upset at um, the LSU experience. Um, they they were trying so hard. Uh, to to get there, they were so close, also, and some unfortunate fumbleage. Um, congratulations, to LSU, on their nine and four season with loss to Florida State. You have achieved Jim McElwain status. I hope you're excited. <laughs> it <was> so bitter. <laughs> I mean, Brian <laughs> Kelly even looks like Jim McElwain. He does he looks like evil Jim McElwain, like dark dark Mac? <laughs> dark Mac. <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> Darth Mac. Thick, thick Mac. Uh, all right. So Friday night, Utah and USC. This I thought this game was a lot of fun. Um, kind of like frenetic energy from USC. Utah weathered a crazy storm for the second straight game against USC and absolutely whooped, <laughs> whooped that for three quarters yeah. after, after uh, a pretty rough start there in the first quarter. But um, you can tell, I think USC has, they love to play with the lead and kind of front run and, and be able to, I think, set up their running game. Big, um, big momentum. Some big plays. And they, they were a little unable to do that. And it would appear that um, Caleb Williams took a knock early in the game. And that seemed to limit a good amount of like running that he was doing. He's 
elite at just making stuff happen back there. And there was some a, a beat off about him for the rest of the game. And by the end of the game, he was limping pretty good. But um, I was impressed with Utah. They <laughs> Rising's yeah. Rising's a tough dude too. Yeah, I mean, I like you. What was it? A fourteen-three lead USC got out to initially. Mm-hmm. Seven, and I thought, 17-3. man, we are so smart. Here it comes. They, you know, the hot hand continues. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, but Utah, famously, according to the announcers, a second and third quarter team. Uh, their point differential across the year in second and third quarter mm-hmm. combined, I think, leads the nation. It's something like plus two hundred. Uh, or in right. that neighborhood. Um, well, I mean, you know, Utah ended the game on, let's see, that's a 44 to 7 run. It's a game of runs. Yeah. Any coach will tell you. <laughs> USC had theirs and Utah's was bigger. So yeah. that's what it came down to. No, I um, think, I think um, the like in comparison to last week's Notre Dame game, was it last week they played Notre Dame? Yeah. yeah. USC, like, the O-line did not play better at all, but I thought Utah, Utah's defenders were more disciplined than Notre Dame's were in terms of keeping Williams contained. And, like you said, there was maybe a half a step missing, and that played into things as well. Um, but, yeah, the O-line play uh, really, really bit Southern Cal there especially late when they were trying to get get back into it so for sure you don't just seem to have all the answers like they you know they brought pressure accordingly based on probably quality of a line and, and ability of a line yeah. and limitations with the quarterback but then you know some they they're not afraid to like let their corners play corner either and they, those guys you know those guys were on it so a couple weird busts yeah. Um, that contributed to some USC points in this game. But, I mean, I was generally very impressed with Utah's uh, defense. I would be – I don't – maybe their defensive coordinator is not like a, a huge recruiter guy or maybe he and maybe he thinks he's going to be the head coach after um, Whittingham leaves. But, I, to me, the job that that defense does routinely would have him on, in my mind, like lists for like bigger jobs. Bigger yeah. jobs schools if, if he thinks like he could take a step up or wants to because they're they're good they're always so tough and like very just sound and you know, they don't make mistakes but yeah part. uh the usc defense on on the other hand not very sound lots a of vintage a vintage alex grinch defensive not not great at making the tackles <laughs> yeah um what's his name I, I i'm gonna even if i knew the kid's name i would omit it but did not did not enjoy himself in the secondary last the other night. I think he was number seven back there. Yep. yep. You got to want to tackle. You got to be a willing tackler. It's not you, good if I remember your jersey number for missing tackles on a Friday a night game secondary. as we record yeah. a Sunday night podcast. Right. I watched I watched the tight end as you tried to tackle him high, and he disagreed with your intention. Um, in this game, however, uh. Cam Rising quarterback for Utah took one of the most cartoonishly just whops to the chest I've ever seen. They didn't just... even they even waved off the targeting. It was such a pure hit yeah. that they 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 it wasn't even targeting. His helmet was ejected. It reminded me. Have you guys seen? Did you guys see that hit? I think Teddy Bridgewater took in the Sugar Bowl against Florida. John yeah. Bostic hit him. Same thing. Just like absolutely yeah. decleated. Helmet goes flying. Um, 
anyhow, it was it was uh <laughs> it was impressive. He got up, hair going crazy, looked kind of Kylo Renish, um, and yeah. uh and and was you know had the blood wrath going. It was good to see. I liked it. He played well, he did a good game. Yeah, he's got more eligibility. Florida goes to Utah next year, so I'd I'd, rather, I'd like to see him. Maybe I think he should explore. That's not going to be enjoyable. <laughs> he can he, he can he can spin it. Oh um, yeah, let me let we'll me see, see if I can get an early line on that real quick. <laughs> um, Portal. In the meantime, I I feel like Caleb Williams still probably wins the Heisman, right? I think he should. I, I'm with that. I'm like even that. even on one leg, he's still through for three sixty three. 28 to 41, three touchdowns. Well, it's one of those things, like, I think this is also a similar case you could make, and you're not going to make it anymore for Drake May because the last month has not really gone well. But, like, their defense is not that good, and they need Caleb Williams most of the time to make things happen, right? Like, they're 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 in shootouts most of the year because probably their coach is totally down to get them in shootouts, and it seems like every team he's the head coach of doesn't play good defense um, and does play really good offense. And I think and sometimes those things feed into each other, but like you needed, you needed Caleb Williams excellence yeah. um, to, to keep you in and, and, and boost you through a lot of these games. And like you said, a lot of his, and he had several, you know, I can hate the term Heisman moment, but like he, yeah. you know, rolling out and throwing it like 40 yards on a rope and stuff like that. He had to do a lot of that stuff because you get to the back of a three-step drop and have to avoid a defensive tackle. So right. um, not ideal, yeah. but. Um, the fingernail paint, you know, not a great look when you catch a fat L like this on national TV. Yes, but yeah. you know, you're gonna you're gonna ride high when you can uh, you can write F and D on your uh, on your fingernails, and you're gonna have to eat it when uh, Utah is is all up in all up in that part, all night long. So part of the situation, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, all right, let's move. Also, on. it also led to another uh, school Twitter account talking noise directly to a student athlete, which I will go on record again as saying I am not a huge fan of, but. I understand that, was, that, Jason. You know these guys. That are, one was particularly. These guys are being handsomely paid for their uh, for their time now. So, so that you know. that that is one fair and two. Caleb Williams was a, a smidge more aggressive than Spencer. A little Rattler. bit, just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. Spencer Rattler just kind of was there. Whereas... Not quite as much of a stray as Spencer Rattler correct. caught. Very correct. So there was a, yeah. you could you could maybe say there was some provocation uh, by the uh, by the the sandstormers, um, but it's okay. Yeah, we're we're on oh. to we're on to bigger things. We're on to bowl season. Yes. Okay, let's keep it moving. Kansas State versus TCU, um, in a just a wonky Big Twelve championship game. Also, kind take... of fun to watch. Oh, oh yeah, a lot of fun, but weird. This this one like felt weird, and you could feel the TCU like seeping out of this game. Like this just felt like a game that TCU was hundred percent going to win in some sort of cataclysmic weird fashion um the announcers did their best to to summon the hypnotoad vibes like (laughs) they were really like oh second half is when it gets going like here here it comes comes. there's a lot of hip yeah actual hypnotoad references in the game um a lot of purple on the field i know jason loved that good to see um great choices the color of royalty but yeah kansas state takes down tcu hands them their first loss of the year uh in overtime after just a disastrous goal line uh, string of plays by TCU. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this game was fun. It was, it was back and forth, uh, furious comeback by TCU. 
Um, and it Mac, Max Duggan looked like he Max was Duggan, like right on the verge of puking for the entire fourth quarter. Like so <laughs> exhausted, and like then, and then the the team just calling a quarterback run right after like my man had to be shoveled off the floor because yes. he was so tired. And they immediately run QB power left, and he like rolls into the end zone and like looks like he's about to stroke out. It was, and then has to run a two point conversion play, uh, and yeah. I mean, it was impressive. It was cool. Could have been his Heisman moment, but uh, alas, um, things got a little weird. Don't didn't love the play calling in overtime for TCU, um, obviously because Agreed. it did work. Um, but it seemed like two plunges straight up the middle against the defense that was uh, a little stingy was kind of weird when the quarterback like run game was so effective for you um, the rest of the game, and and you have really good receivers and. Honestly, you have a really good running back. Like, let's like maybe do something on the edge a little bit and yeah. Give some for me, some like chances. those third and fourth downs where you didn't <laughs> like power eye formation. Um, yeah, you're in you're in two point conversion field position, and we just saw that you felt like your best chance to get two points on the previous drive that got us into overtime was from the shotgun and gave your quarterback options, and that worked. And now like. For some reason, Shoot, just run want, that play again one yeah, time. Yeah, you see want if the to defense like, can keep up with it. smarter I mean, than everybody so and show, like, no, Sonny Dykes can also succeed out of the I formation. Um, <laughs> he he didn't, and they they got yeah. stone dead and uh, didn't take the points. So, K State won it with a field goal in overtime, which is weird. This is this is very rare, Jordan, because I feel like a lot of times people are like, I just don't understand how at the goal line you would run shotgun plays and snap the ball back and, and, yeah. and, and give up so much, you know, it's like, no, that that's how their offense works. That's it, how their blocking I, works. It drives like, me nuts. Yeah. It's like, it's such a, an unnecessary argument because yep. it doesn't really mean anything. So, yeah. I think um, if you were going to go under center, you should have just run QB sneak and let both of your running backs push you in. Yep. Bingo. Now that, yeah. Now that aiding the runner is legal. Right. Can, yes. Teamwork. Put, put 11 men behind the ball. Aiding the runner was always the wackest penalty too. Like I cannot believe that was a thing. But, but I'm still yeah. glad USC got away with it against Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would have. Um, your conversation about Max Duggan reminded me of we missed talking about it in the USC game when Caleb had that really really long run, and we both we all made comments about it, and then the next play just basically opted out and took the delay of game penalty because <laughs> everybody was like, I'm pretty sure he just took that because he was exhausted. No, yeah. turns out he was a little bit hurt, but still. Jason, you you made a good observation too that he had a little uh, a little hitch in his giddy up there, a little like there was some pad flapping going on. He had that it wobble was, going. It was like a, a very decidedly like high school quarterback, like do everything quarterback vibe to Caleb Williams. <laughs> it was good to see, but um, good for Kansas State. I mean, we talk about TCU a lot. Uh, I mean, really good for Kansas State. They're yeah, asserting themselves well. It looks like they're going to hang on to their coach. Um, they. Which they, 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 they give me some sort of Utah vibes too. Like they are ex exceedingly tough and annoying and um, hanging around, and they they kind of want to beat you up. And we're gonna um, I don't know we're gonna find impressed. out real soon because they got. You guys know where they're playing their bowl and who they're playing against? They're playing Alabama, right? Playing the Tide in the Sugar Bowl. Nice. Well, they're they're playing a version of the Tide. We'll see, we'll see what happens to the portal. Well, yeah, as we, as we all know, really SEC weird. teams don't care about bowls. So. And opt outs. <laughs> They've never never once cared. About I've never cared about a single bowl. No, I've I've been impressive K State wise with the the ability Kleeman has uh, shown to put his thumbprint on that.
program in such a short span of time, especially in the Big 12. I had concerns when he got hired that this this is an interesting approach of let's do things differently, and it's working so far. This is mm-hmm. not a run-and-shoot, uh, we'll-let-you-score-as-well approach to football in the Big 12, and it has won them a conference championship. So that, I think, yeah. is extremely impressive, especially being in Manhattan, Kansas. Like, that's, that's I think, weirdly time. enough, they, they look kind of like the best version of the Bill Snyder teams. Like, yeah. those teams were good. They They had... Random receiver running back, like a Darren Sproles, right? You had uh, was it Michael Bishop their quarterback? Like, I mean, they they would randomly have guys that were like excellent, and and they really used them really well. And I mean, they I think they almost you know they won the Big Twelve before. Colin Klein is the offensive coordinator. I think we mentioned that. Yeah. Um. So I think he probably is is maybe holding over a little bit of that previous regime there. But I think you're right, Jordan. Like that's your 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 point is well made. Like, Kleiman has has it cooking. Um. And they uh. They should be pretty good, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving that conference. Um, yeah, they have a big opportunity to, like, become the cream of the crop. Which is I'm wild to, find, to say, but I think Bomani had a really, like, funny and accurate tweet about Kansas State and like how they always have like the same dude in the backfield, and I cannot find it now. <laughs> so I'll yeah. circle back at a completely random and inopportune time. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Um, shall we do the shall we do the um, SEC championship game? Oh, we can just get UFC, UCF Tulane over with real quick. Yeah, that was at the I same mean, time, right? Tulane, Tulane beat them up. Yeah, there beat, were beat there up, were some fun down. trickerations uh, that took place in this game. I had this on on one of my my split panels. Um, but yeah, fun fun game to watch. Tulane came out in the all like powder teal unis, mm-hmm. which was. Gorgeous, um, <laughs> love love a monochrome. Really popped on yes. on the monitor, but uh, yeah, kudos to eleven win Tulane, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Hanging on to their coach as well. Um, the Tulane quarterback has become the apple of Florida Twitter's eye. Um, there's some, I guess, heavy rumors that he might be. You've already in- moved on. From handsome Sam, I have not. I personally and have his not refrigerated. Rib. Like I said, this 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 came, yeah, this came to me via the twitters yesterday. Um, who knows what the deal is? I, I don't. I don't want to pretend to understand how these things work, but yeah. um, there's going to be need to be some significant portaling that goes on. I am very interested to see how all the portal stuff shakes out because there's going to be some like dudes who are like legit straight up starters that are just like, yeah, yeah, let's try something different. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, we'll see. Um, UCF weird, weird. Uh, just sorry, Jason, but real quick, UCF weird year. V- very, very Gus Malzahn. I think they're getting the pure, uncut, good Gus Malzahn stuff here. And they're getting is, what they're paid for. Yeah, and and that is like a team. I think he has probably raised the level of them on defense, and the offense like has games that it looks unstoppable, and games where it just no shows, and therefore this is probably as good as it gets for UCF. Unless they stumble their way into like elite quarterback and jumping into the Big Twelve, we'll see how it goes. It's gonna be different. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, I found that uh, I found that Bomani tweet. He said that K State stays with an odd job in the backfield, which I found very funny. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Deuce Vaughn, really good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, while I you know let USC's safety have the business for. 
his poor performance. Uh, young Deuce made TCU's safety uh, yeah. take guy. a seat. Yes, and and it was worse worse because it was on turf, so you could see the the skid marks as his cleats like slipped yeah. out from underneath of him. The, the black puff of rubber, the pellets. rooster tail of rubber pellets shot up. The full flat tire situation. Yeah, <laughs> so sorry about it, TCU. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it for also it for we had LSU versus Georgia. Um, guys, did either of you watch the first uh, points? Of this game take place as they happened i did not know did did you see how they happened eventually i, did. I, I, I did. see it now yes okay yeah that that's what prompted my text um lsu got the ball to start the game they moved the ball uh into field goal range they attempted a field goal the field goal was blocked and the ball just sat on the turf and lsu exited stage left and like the Georgia guy, the Georgia guy was smart because he got in the area of the ball and just kind of waited there. Um, according to the rules analyst, if there had been no player in the area of the ball as it came to a complete stop, it would have been blown dead. Yeah. But he just kind of like squatted over it, like, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah. And then as LSU's team left the field, he picked it up and just took it to the house. So. Nice little ten point swing for Georgia to open the game there, um, and then they Georgia, put it on. Uh, you know, classically a team you want to spot um, points to also. Yeah, they they continued to put it on uh, pretty heavy there for a while. Jaden Daniels left, I think, reaggravated the ankle. Uh, yeah, we we had quarterback Nussmeyer uh, enter the game, and they actually moved the ball pretty well when mm-hmm. when he was yeah. in there. Um, put up some points. I want to thank Brian Kelly for going for an unnecessary two-point conversion that would have cut it to 17. I think this was like late in the third quarter. Um, So if Georgia and LSU would have just continued to trade touchdowns at that point, uh, we would have covered, we being the Tigers, but uh, it was not to be. So congrats to Georgia and, and Stetson Bennett on his great successes. Yeah, well, I mean, it was score 50 to 30, and LSU's yeah. got the rock, and they're driving, and you can just feel the backdoor cover. You can feel it creaking yep. open. I was, and, I, and was just, I was already angry about it. <laughs> and and it just, un, shockingly, a Nussmeyer botched it um, in, yeah. in, when Rick, when called upon. In, in a moment it was so weird because they were moving the ball so well, and then that third down and the fourth down, he just, like, froze yeah. and reverted back to – really bad habits and held on to the ball forever in a day. Um, it is it is worth pointing out that LSU broke the SEC championship record for passing yards in this game. Jeez. And still got beat by 20. Yeah. Uh, Keely Ringo did not have his best game for Georgia, number five. That guy is usually, like, has someone locked down and is typically around the ball, making plays on the ball. And he uh, kind of got dunked on a little bit in this game, which was kind of weird, but Georgia – all too good at being able to move the ball and like hyper um they just make it look easy they don't really make their quarterback do a lot i i know we kind of give bennett a hard time he runs their offense so well and he does good good for him they don't you know good for them they don't they they, they're so excellent um throughout that you know and, and they're so like patient on offense like they run it they throw it to the tight ends they throw slants 
Um, they roll him out. They do a mix in a quarterback run. Like they do a really good job of keeping you off balance and never, ever like trying anything down the field. And, and they just kind of like, just like roll their way to touchdowns. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's 17 to nothing. And it's like, Oh man, what happened? And well, yeah. the game's over. So. And <laughs> they're, they're in the second half when like LSU started scoring points. And I was like, Ooh, we might, we might get this done. We might cover the 17 mm-hmm. and a half. Georgia did a much better job than they did in the Florida game of taking the ball out of Stetson's throwing arm and just continuing to pound the rock. Uh, they did not give LSU a glimmer of hope that this could actually be a game again. Right. They just kept right. pounding the rock. So Smart. lessons learned from, Absolutely. from the regular season. So Georgia, uh, your SEC champions this year, number one seed heading into a college football playoff. Good for them. Lo- love it for Georgia. You know, really yeah. couldn't have happened to a better group of guys. Glad to see that uh, they're finally catching some breaks. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, let's move to the night slate here. Purdue, the Boilermakers, your Big Ten West champion Boilermakers, uh, with four losses, uh, took on Michigan. They were, Michigan was a 17-point favorite. Uh, Purdue looks pretty game in this for a while. Um Michigan is like diet Georgia. They, they're kind of inevitable. They see they appear to be like very well conditioned as a team. Yeah, like they, they do not stop. Really seem yeah they seem to really lay it on teams and like stack it on you. And then by the end of the game, you got nothing left, and Michigan is still running it and at that point scoring points more at will than early in the game. I thought well, yeah, it's kind of like the the prime Stanford teams of our youths. Yeah. Like, and that's maybe that's just a Harbaugh stamp, but like they they continue to knock on the door until there's nothing left of the door. Um, Correct. Yeah, I I personally hand up. Don't understand how Michigan covered. I turned this game off when <laughs> Purdue cut the lead to nine in the fourth quarter, and it looks like Michigan scored two uh, tardy touchdowns. One with, I think, a minute and a half left. So, mm-hmm. go blue, baby. Yeah, it was great. Delightful. So great. <laughs> so fun. Did you, were you watching it as it happened, Jason? Yeah, yeah, I was. Just uh, eight play, methodically. It was pretty win for the onside kick, which they had two, uh, five minutes left. And uh, so, Michigan only had 44 yards to go, and they took eight plays to do so. And just, just little, Little knife cuts straight to my heart over and over again. Yeah, well, it's a shame you only went four and two. Real, That's what I'm saying. Sorry for your troubles. Really, just it's a game of inches. I'm just lipping out all over the place. Um, I, I texted you guys. Aiden O'Connell looked good in the first half of this game. Yeah. Um, see, Purdue's, Purdue's offense is fun. They they yeah they like do a lot of really well timed passing yeah. plays, and I think Michigan caught up to a couple of them, but I mean, I don't know. I thought their offense was a little less, for some reason, I kind of thought Purdue was a little gimmicky on offense and they, they appeared to be a little bit more yeah. uh, capable of like taking it to a good defense than I was maybe expecting. So that was good to see. I don't, I don't think Purdue had anything to hang their head on or hang their heads about. Um, no. I think they, I think they played very well. Yeah. It was a nine point game in the fourth quarter. It's, that's fairly impressive against a team that is, I mean, just, to use a phrase built a little bit different than them and um yeah i thought i thought they played perfectly fine and it was not you know it's not like they you know michigan embarrassed ohio state because they just did what michigan does i don't think purdue got embarrassed they just 
ran out of guests and ran out of dudes. And yeah. It happens. Yeah, I, I think watching Purdue's offense, like you were talking about, Logan, um, I, I don't know how much of this is, like, maybe Michigan's D is a little off after the emotional game last week, but, like, watching Purdue's offense with those guys move the ball pretty pretty well, pretty regularly, pretty, like, really good job of take what the defense has presented to you as an opportunity. It's like, how the hell did Ohio State not do more last week? It, it yeah. continues to madden me that uh, Ohio State did not win that game. But it's okay. That's, that's why they play the games in the first place. That's what they tell us. Yeah. Starting to wonder if maybe having a challenge at some point during the season would be would be nice for Ohio State to have to call actually call some plays. Um, yeah. But well, we can't stand to give Ryan Day any gray hairs because, you know, it, w- it would require even more dye. Right. Um, all right. And then we got the ACC championship game. Some late night excitement. Technically happened. Charlotte, North um, Carolina. It's where the right. champs are made. Clemson, uh, uh, I guess, sat DJU pretty early. I didn't watch any of this game, I'll be honest. I, yeah, he I watched, played I checked in. two drives, I think. And it looked terrible? It was, it, like, if you watch his first pass, first play from scrimmage, if you can find it, watch it. And it's it's pretty foreboding. Not, um, not an inspiring uh, will say, I, I believe news broke just before we started recording that he was entering the transfer portal. Yes. That, that makes sense. Um, he like yeah it it was uh it was kind of the the cards were laid out when they put the backup in and like the receivers immediately started running their routes harder and like everybody seemed to care all of the sudden things things got way crisper dang yeah, that's that's tough. Like you I feel saw like, a couple of good deep passes by Klubnik too. That looked yeah, he like, threw I'm some sure good the receivers balls, but were like, excited about that. Okay, like I I watched you guys run around this field when DJ was out there, and it it looks a lot different. Um, that's telling. But um, I mean, yeah. that's on the coach, right? The the coach has to know and has to see how people react to people, and I mean, gets to make these decisions. I I guess you you have to wonder if. A little bit of the Debo Swinney pride contributed to DJU playing probably way too much this year. And I mean, that was like the reason they couldn't, they lost to Notre Dame was because they could not score any points. I mean, well, it's also weird because he had like, he had no problem doing the switch with Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant. Right. And like, I don't, I don't know what's different about this one. And like Klubnik comes in in that Notre Dame game and throws a pick on the one play he got to play, and then like comes out and DJU just gets to come back in and like sort of be generally inept for the rest of that game. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it was just you could. It's easy looking back at it to say that it was maybe mismanaged, and it's hard when you've lost one and a half, two games all year to say that like you made completely the wrong choice, but. You know, eventually you would think that you would have your finger on the pulse of the team enough to know, like, if the team's going to react better to, to a different guy, like, maybe that's the guy you should go with. And you got to make the hard choice there. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Now, I I will take or I will caution people to maybe take 
Klubnik's performance with grain of, grain of salt, given that Carolina's it took defense. place against North Carolina's defense. Right. Um, the cure but, for the common passing game. Yeah, but uh, it didn't cure DJU, so we'll, we'll, there's right. also that. We'll cover both sides of the issue there. Um, Clemson also maybe an unnecessary two-point conversion in this one. Um, <laughs> like, off of a fake extra point where Dabo's son just stood up and ran it in. Uh, that was on the pick six too, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Coach Coach Mac Brown was not having a good time, and I think Dabo wanted – wanted to ensure that it was extra salty for whatever reason. So, yeah, Clemson back on top of the ACC, the way God ACC intended. Champs. Who'd have thought? Absolutely. Little old Clemson. Um, yeah. All right, well, that that's it for the football games that happened. Uh, do we want to – I guess we had we have playoff matchups we can run through real quick. At least they got announced. Um. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. Wow. Fun matchup there. Um, I guess that's, that's the, I guess, the better matchup, you could say. Uh, and then we have number two, Michigan versus number three, TCU. Um, a little bit of anticlimax there with TCU sort of losing. And I don't want to say back in their way in because it feels a little disingenuous to, like, punish a team for playing a game against the top 10 opponent and losing yeah, I think overtime. I would say Ohio State backed their way in more than oh, a million percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the Nick Saban politicking um, crusade last night was like, come on, man, have some self-respect. Like, I get I mean, I get it. Hand, like, 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 I have, guess he kind of has to say that. Like, I feel yeah. like Alabama fans are unhinged enough that, like, two yeah. lost Nick Saban is already on their, like, red alert. And if he were just <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think we're one of the four best teams, then they would – you also don't have to accept that TV spot. Certainly. Like, yeah. Like, I, did, I mean, I and I didn't see Ryan Day getting asked these questions and, mm-hmm. like, us having, like, a full-on, um, yeah. you know, campaign yeah. drummed up by Gary Danielson. and, and During Ryan another Day, conference's right? championship During, yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> right. just, a really, just a really weird thing that we would even consider, like, uh, maybe the tie? Like, no, for, like, seven reasons. No. Right. So, um yeah a lot of people doing weird like victory lap things about like i'll see this is why there's not even two good teams why would we need 12 in a playoff as if like what a stupid argument as if we didn't see an upset in the in the pac-12 championship game as if um meaningful football games aren't going to be fun for everybody yeah uh and make the bowl season like it's weird that like more enjoyable nobody's gonna say this crap when you know philadelphia just dismantles Washington in the like wild card weekend of the NFC playoffs. Like, oh no, it's a good thing that we have that many NFL teams because fun things happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I I make the argument too, like everybody gets very excited when Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes play in the regular season. Like there's still big mm-hmm. regular season NFL games, even though they according to all these people on Twitter, don't matter Doesn't because matter because like, you know, it's I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think it doesn't matter. You're still going to have to try to win your conference. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. if there if there was a way to introduce an element of home field advantage into the expanded playoff, I don't. I don't think it will be long until we see that because I I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. The first round games are still at campus sites. Yeah, I believe the first the first like the non buy. Okay, so there's what your regular season counts for so much home right. field advantage. The five the five through twelve games are already it for. I think that within short order, the quarterfinals will also be there. Yeah. 
You'd I mean, it should be. That's to... that's a re- you would reward like reward yeah. the fans for like their team. You know what I'm saying? Like the only way you can get a home so quarterfinal cool. game is by winning your conference. That's <laughs> perfectly fair. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think it'll go pretty quick. Now the thing that they have to contend with there is the bowls, and there is. The bowl lobby is strong, brother. Everybody knows that situation without me saying it, but it's gross. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to. Yeah, it. yeah. Anyhow, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. I just, for whatever reason, there it almost seems like as per usual, things have gotten like mega polarized. You have yeah. to be like, bring back the BCS guy because you <laughs> you're for for whatever reason like, yeah. Your view of college football is that no, for I guess nobody is good, or right. Like only t- one team is good, and therefore, like, there's no point I, in doing anything. Yeah. Like, like according to these people, we should not even play the games. We should just put the crown on Georgia again because they're clearly the best team, and they were going to. And everybody knows how much everybody, you know. I think we can all agree that America hates March Madness, and so I think you know, yeah, it, that's for the, it's for the best that we right. narrow down the important games to as few as possible. We know where we stand on this. I think it's fine. Yeah, we're just um, random. I will still love my college football i will still love an october trip to baton rouge um yep. you know that's it's gonna still be cool so that's fine in fact without diving too far into it expanding the playoff will make more games matter it's that simple yeah more games will matter because there are more playoff spots well jason that's but people tricky. don't that's... understand that because they haven't seen it play out yep. that way yet yep. so I We're do, just visionaries. I do think that there is fault. potentially <laughs> potentially a case to be made for the current way they're doing it is one of the dumbest ways. Yeah. Um, no, I think this is the so, worst in between. Yeah. So exactly. So I think the 12 is gonna be is gonna be better. Um mm-hmm. I, I I can hear out that it maybe it does diminish a couple regular season games a little bit. I don't think it actually does that much. And if that's the whole again, if that's the only thing you care about, you're weird. <laughs> So I like that's the other thing too. It's like people have found this one thing that they can use as an argument, as if like they wake up every day of their life like lusting after like an Alabama Tennessee game, you know. And it's like, come on, give me a break. Yep. So all right, we're, we're continuing to rant. Let's talk uh, coaches. We have some more action on the carousel. You guys excited? So Always. excited. All right, Liberty has made a hire. It's Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Who saw that coming? Wow. I don't think any of us did. Um, you know, are they are they like the New York Yankees? Like, you know how don't love Liberty getting nice things. Just to be honest, but whatever. You know how the Yankees, whenever they sign a guy, they make him shave, and like he can only have a beard or a mustache. Yeah. Oh no, is that in place there? Do we know? I would not be surprised. It might okay. not be. Yeah, nothing would shock me. I don't doubt that Liberty thinks of themselves as the New York Yankees of collegiate sports, but. I don't know how far. Did you hear what he said in his press conference today that Liberty is the most prominent Christian university in the country? It's just like, you know, like that dude in the end zone at Notre Dame is a guy, right? Right. You know that Texas Christian University is in the playoffs this year, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't don't know. That that tells you a lot about what's Well, prominent can mean a lot of different things. Good thing. Good point. Yep. Christian Nationalist University might have been a good. I was going to say uh, it tells you a, a lot about correction. what somebody thinks Christian means. Infamous, yeah. perhaps, would also fit. Yeah, yeah I well, think we all see this probably for what it is, which would be an opportunity for Jamie Chadwell to make some more money and potentially think that he could parlay this into um, a bigger, like maybe Power Five job um, in quicker order. Given that Liberty's coach just did that, 
Um, Jordan, I think you said that when we were when we were chatting uh, yeah. about it, but I, I think that's probably what it is. So I don't want to like bemoan the liberty aspect of things too much because it's kind of a bummer. But it is a little bit of a bummer. Really like Chadwell. Um, I've like I guess I, I've liked him in that I like watching his teams play. I don't know yeah. the man, um, so who knows? He's got a mullet and runs a fun offense that checks two big boxes for me. So um, I will be interested. I'll say this. I'll be interested to see how that offense does without Grayson McCall. That's fair. I think sure. there are questions. So you think Malik Willis could have run that offense though? I think he probably could have. Well, if, 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 if Liberty is able to like come across that type sure. of a talent, um, you, you would think that maybe you could do it again, but TBD. Yep. I, I, I think uh, Malik Willis is probably the best Liberty quarterback ever. <laughs> so. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cincinnati is still open, but there seems to be some smoke uh, surrounding Sean Lewis, who is Kent State's head coach, and Mo Linguist, that's Buffalo's head coach. Mm. Um, I think Sean Lewis is one of the – he's like the next Mac coach, uh, like up-and-comer, and Cincinnati has their finger on the pulse of up-and-coming Mac coaches, um, turning them into, into great coaches. Uh, unfortunately for my father uh, – Offensive coordinator, quarterback coach Gino Gadugli, um, Cincinnati legend, is no longer in running uh, to be the next head coach at Cincinnati. So he's not expected to remain on the staff also moving forward. So uh, that's a bummer. Buffalo football, guys, a, a minor confession to make. I, I may have sprinkled on um, the final <laughs> Mac regular season game that was played at Friday at 1 p.m. Uh, this was uh, Akron at Buffalo. Akron you know who Akron's head coach is? Uh, oh, it's Bowden, isn't it? No. Oh, it's no longer Bowden. I thought. Uh, it used to be Terry. I right? thought Terry Bowden was their coach. Well, okay. Now another confession. I don't know if this guy's head coach or the offensive coordinator, but uh, okay. Joe Moorhead is in Akron, Ohio. I think you're right. Joe Moorhead is the coach. Yeah, yeah he, is. he is. Yeah. Wow. Um, Man, geez. how's he doing? SEC, SEC legend Joe Moorhead. This was one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched. So if you guys, <laughs> if you guys are feeling real sicko mode and want to just like go pick through the trash, Jordan, uh, we have find, good news. Find this, the Akron Buffalo condensed game. For this podcast episode was actually an intervention. Yep. Um, and so, well, I the better news is I control the audio the final files. Mac so. Why was that game played? It wasn't even the championship <laughs> game. It was just a no game. Buffalo. Buffalo needed a sixth win to sixth get to win. a bowl, and they got yeah. it by one point. <laughs> Mo Linguist. Mo Linguist and the boys. They were 12-point favorites, and they nearly <laughs> lost to the two-win zips. Wow. Joe Moorhead had the boys moving the ball. As I he mean, does. He can, he can he dial does. up some ball plays. We've all seen it. Um, but I think right, Buffalo so we'll keep... is the worst bowl team of the year, from what um, I saw. <laughs> we will keep our eyes uh, open and peeled on Cincinnati, a, a team making a jump to a power five conference. Like this, you know, this job is not nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody, I think, was it Bomani or someone pointed this out on Twitter? Everybody like that has been Cincinnati's coach has gone on to be, uh, gone on to like a, a very prominent, bigger, better job um, yeah. of late. So um, we'll see how it goes. All right. USF has made a hire guys. This is going to be exciting for you both. Alex Golesh is the new USF head coach. He is Tennessee offensive coordinator. Um, wow. So 
USF going back to the well with prominent orange team offensive coordinator to uh, <laughs> to see if they can get this one right. Awaken the echoes. I am extremely nonplussed by this. I mean, we'll see. Tennessee's offense is fine. I'm more excited for the fact that Tennessee has a, a large gap on their coaching staff to fill now than um, I am for USF. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he could bring that offense and kind of get it humming, that could be fun and exciting. I think USF is trying to legitimize their operation over there. I just don't know that hiring, like, another offensive coordinator is the thing to do. But maybe they were not prepared financially, emotionally, spiritually to make like a splashier hire, or maybe that hire wasn't out there and coach also Prime turned possible. him down. You guys got any, any thoughts on Alex Golesh? No thoughts on you. All right. Colorado has made a hire guys. It is the one and only coach prime himself. Neon Deion Sanders prime time. Um, good for Colorado. They, they, they're the team. They did that it. Gets, they're the team that gets to do the Deion Sanders thing. And we're going to see if it works allegedly over 200 players have already reached out wanting to be part of the program okay. nil money is rolling in their athletic director has indicated he doesn't know where the money to pay coach prime is going to come from um but he's he, he's pretty sure that it's going to be there things are off to a great start in colorado um we've had some weird press conference coverage of 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 coach prime addressing the team telling a lot of them that they are likely to not be on the team next time they see him um he has anointed his son, the starting quarterback, who is and his son is not even in the transfer portal yet. Uh, it's it's been a day for <laughs> for the Colorado Buffs. So, uh, what do you guys think? I, I think the fit is weird, just because I think Colorado is not like an A one destination for sixteen year old, seventeen year old football recruits. Um, but I bet yeah. Coach Prime can turn it into one. I was gonna say it's an impossible call. I think, like I do think there is a fundamental misunderstanding at Colorado of what worked for Dion at Jackson state. Um, and that could mean everything and it could not work at all, or it could mean nothing. Like maybe it works at Colorado. Like, I, I don't know. None of us certainly know. Yeah. But like it, it feels like, I think it like, this wasn't the admin that did it obviously, but there were a lot of people resharing that tweet um, of like, Dion coaching at Jackson state and like dancing with the band and stuff like that. And everybody was like, yeah, I'm ready for this energy at Colorado and like Bomani and dragonfly Jones. Everybody were like, you are not getting this energy. Again. Yeah. I Dragonfly Jones said, uh, what, what's Colorado's like come out songs at photograph by Nickelback. And so like, I think there's like a really, there's a drastic difference between like, why Dion worked so well? Can't even get some chain smokers up in here. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of options, and so, but at the same time, like maybe he's able to pull it off. If anybody has the charisma to do it, it's probably him. But oh, I mean, I think there's a, I mean, a five-star receiver from IMG Academy right. has already committed. Like, Immediately committed to Colorado. So like now, does he have? Does he hold an offer? Is this stupid? Yes, all of all of these, all of the above. But like, it always I, is. It's going to generate some traction. Yeah. Um, and someone just, pointed like, out. I'm really curious to see what the staff looks like and to see like what kind of like money Colorado can put behind this because I, I mean I think they're paying him five million dollars a year, which year. is <laughs> a good a good chunk of money, but like also not like on the on the pantheon of of uh, power five coaches like not really that impressive 
of, of, of a salary, right? And I think, but I think that's commensurate oh. probably with what Colorado can invest in their football program. For your, too, for your so. first Power Five job at a non, I guess, you know, I'll say non traditional. Colorado obviously used to be outstanding at football, but that's been 30 years. And so for a non traditional power at the Power Five level and for your first Power Five job, that seems like a massive investment. And explicitly, agree. one that Colorado is not uh forensically or not not forensically financially certain that they can pull off um so there's always it's gonna be it's gonna be fast it's gonna be fascinating it's gonna be very fast it seems like a weird fit and yes makes me think it's not gonna work but it could this is college football man nobody knows jack like it could work perfectly fine Dion appears to have a little bit of that like herm edwards um i don't know the rules thing kind of going too which is (laughs) i I think also going to be interesting i'm not saying like the NCAA really has much of a, a stick to swing anymore or will swing it, but it's going to be curious to see sort of how that goes. Um, we did get some footage too, of, I guess, Dion telling uh, his football team that he's bringing his own luggage and they all better hit the portal, which is, which is a wild thing to say at your introductory meeting um, to your team, but I, he's going to make some friends and probably lose some friends. And uh, I, it's going to be fascinating. I, I, I kind of glad that it's happening at like a weird outposty yeah. kind of destination or location too because that adds like an extra fun layer to it like he's not doing this in tampa right yeah. um he's he's Down doing the this in, he's doing this in, in boulder so he's not really impacting uh, my recruiting footprint print of he, my what, what's going to happen with the barstool podcast you know like there's just a lot of questions i have like, <laughs> is he's, you know is he going to have time to do all these all of his side quests and, and things. <laughs> um, who's going to be the offensive coordinator? I mean, is he going to bring in like is freaking Doug Childress going to be like calling get plays? The, like good old boy from last Norv, chance, you Jason no, Jason Brown out Norv there. Turner is like Norv Turner going to be calling plays or something Our like? Mommy. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, it's gonna it's it, it'll be wild. So yep. um, good for Colorado in the weirdest way possible. And then Coastal Carolina is open. I don't. I don't. I, I got to think that that program has is as prominent now as it has ever been. Um, I think old Joe Moglia is still pulling some strings over there. Jason, is that correct? Uh, I think they, they rings a bell. Is, yeah. Is he the AD or is he just a prominent like attaché to type. the yeah <laughs> yeah attaché to the athletic program uh, who has a lot of money? I'm not really sure, but. Um, We'll see what happens with Coastal. Yeah, I think he's just kind of uh, a very Dominant fluid. His, so his title, uh, Chair of Athletics, Executive Director for Football, Executive Advisor for the President. Oh, Chair gosh. of Athletics. So is he the AD or he's not the AD? I don't think he's – no, Matt Matt Hogue is the AD. I remember it was somebody else. Um, okay. I know a couple people at Coastal. And so I think – I don't know. I couldn't tell you how that working relationship is. I have no idea. But I I think that Moglia is probably closer to the Spurrier role than he is the AD, but it's hard yeah, to say. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, he'll probably be given the keys to make the hire, so we'll yep. see how it goes. Um, maybe Willie Korn, the offensive coordinator, gets promoted. Remember that guy? Willie yep. Korn? There's a name. Wow. Yeah. Still here. Still getting it done. So, um, cool. Uh, West Virginia is still closed, Louisville. Um, I, I don't think West Virginia will not be coming open. Okay, they, they made a not. made a statement that he'd be back next year. 
Ah, the dreaded vote of confidence heading into lame duck season. Love that. Nothing, nothing really gets a, a good year going like the uh, the vote of confidence heading into the off season. I'm pretty sure. Let me verify. I'm pretty sure that's what. Stanford still open. Yeah. As far as Stanford I'm aware, yes. Okay. Yeah, West Virginia so, did make a statement. So I, I mean, to to bring us up to date on the open gigs, Jordan, um, we have UNLV, Western Michigan, Tulsa, Texas State, and Stanford, and Coastal Carolina. Okay, well, Stanford Tulsa. in theory should be the the right. cream of that crop, but um, Tulsa just you know trying to trying to figure things out with Justin Fuente. Uh, once once they get the paperwork settled there, um, we'll be back in the once he finally part. calls back. Also, our uh, Salt and Pepper King will be back in the big chair, doing it the right way. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, what do we got next week? Is it just Army Navy next week? Yeah. Do we want to make an Army Navy pick off the cuff here, real quick? Uh, yeah, I can find a line, or are we, we just going straight up? It it oh. feels wrong every year to pick some troops against other pick troops. Against the troops. Right. I know you're picking for the troops, but you're also picking against the troops. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is basically a pick 'em. I'm seeing Army, Army minus one. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take Navy. I'm going to go ahead and take Army. You give me Navy at plus odds. Go Army beat Navy. Don't tempt me with a good time. Jason, we went before you to give you, so you know I what appreciate it's like. That. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll take Navy. <laughs> yeah, the team's fine. Thank you for, it's, it's for always your weighted a good idea. analysis there. It's always it a good idea to pick against me. So I yeah. think congrats <laughs> no to other us. Reason. <laughs> okay, this made a good choice there. Riding the hot hand. It's essentially a half of a win already. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Well, I don't know when we'll be back. I'm sure we will be talking bowls and playoff soon enough. Uh, God knows. I think the portal officially opens tomorrow. So or like I think people can start doing things yeah. officially portal related tomorrow. Um, not just making edits on uh, Instagram. Uh, shout out to our boy Hayes Fawcett, just out here <laughs> doing doing <laughs> work, doing I mean, the Lord's work. Yeah, uh, I mean, freaking, he did one for Coach Prime. I mean, somehow Coach Prime got a Hayes Fawcett edit. Uh, you know, yeah. which we, is we should all be so lucky. Yeah, right. Uh, we should have all really paid more attention to Miss uh, Miss Agner's uh, freaking computer graphics class back in the day. Um, <laughs> what but, a pull. Uh, just kidding. I don't think she taught that one. She taught computer computer graphics. I there was a another one, like a Photoshop class that I took. Uh, who was the other who was the other art teacher? She was a lovely woman. Anyhow. All right. You guys got anything else? No. <laughs> Great to see your faces. I don't yeah. want you guys to know that. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. You know what it is. We're on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. Send us emails. Wheelroutepodcast.gmail.com. Go to the website, thewheelroute.com. You can uh, go through and back check the pick spreadsheet there. You can listen to the show there. Um, we will be with you shortly until we meet again. We love you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.